everybody. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. I'm Reese, and tonight I'm joined by Liam. How are you doing, Bert? Yeah, all good, you mean? All good. Been a bit of a hectic weekend. I uh, ended up going up to London for a birthday party. <laughs> so managed to catch the games, though, so I'm happy with that. But uh, yeah, how was your weekend? Yeah, uh, it was our mystery tour this weekend. So um, once you're in the Six Nations for one of your away matches, we meet in Cardiff Central, pull a name out of a hat and go to that uh, train station. Nice. Uh, yeah, but like we, it's the second year we've done it. Uh, there's 54 names in the hat. And, you know, we there's sort of like a rule we're asked to be within Wales and asked to be within one train and so on. And, you know, I was hoping for somewhere a bit further away again, like, you know, maybe Abergavenny or somewhere like that, uh, Llanelli, yeah. if possible. And uh, last year we ended up in Tafswell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this year we ended up in fucking Ponty. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, right. So I picked, the, I picked the wrong weekend with my Cardiff jersey as well. Like, I got my, I got my red and black one, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. End up in Ponty. What a chance, isn't it? Ah, uh, it is. So yeah, uh, well, those that's those two off the list now. So um, yeah, next time, well, I don't know, it'll be fourth. Next, I bet next time it'll be Fishcon or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it was, it was good, man. We went in the Otley, uh, went in the Lanover, yeah, uh, went down Club of Bont. Good to see them back on their feet after all the floods and stuff. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, them back home. But it, oh, it was a it was a messy one. <laughs> it was uh, I caught a match catch up with Ed as well. He was out with us. He's uh. Yeah, continues to be a legend. So, uh, shout yeah, out I was to planning well. going to uh, going to Dublin for the game, but yeah, yeah, I was going to, and then it clashed with the with the fiftieth birthday party that uh, mm. the wife wanted to go to. So uh, we, uh, yeah. so she won. Um, <laughs> but no, it was it was it was a good weekend. I managed to catch the games as well, so we were both uh, both happy with that. We're, but, we're about we're about in London, were you, Anne? Um, well, just outside down in um, uh, Biggin Hill. All right. Oh, on the outskirts, but uh, she I have this argument with my wife all the time. She she says when if I say Big and Hill or or Bromley or something like that, I say London, and yeah. she's like, oh, "That's not London." But to me, <laughs> everything within inside the M25 is London. Everything east of Bristol is London. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it's in the M25, to me, it's London. So we yeah, that's fair. Time, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So no, it was good. It was M- uh, it much was of a good. rugby crowd you were watching with, like. Uh... No, and that's that's the problem. So, yeah. um, I I watch a game. I I always say to people, I watch a game far different to other people mm-hmm. because I see things that you know the casual fan doesn't see. Yeah, and when I complain about it, they they're not on the same wavelength. If that makes sense, so mm-hmm. you get frustrated because of the people you're watching the game with. Because I'm calling for things, and they're like, "Oh, it's fine, it's fine. We're doing well. We're doing well." And I know we'll get on to it, but we weren't doing well. We no. were a stupid team, and we make stupid mistakes, and the casual fan don't see that. Yeah. Um, no, you, you're never really far away from somebody shouting, give it a Shane still. Yeah, which, uh, that sort yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And they couldn't understand my dislike to Gatland mm. and, you know, things like that. And it was like, ah. Well, he... Go through it. Yeah, he's caught with some fairly dinosaur comments again this uh, this week, like or maybe like more insensitive comments about like the region should be doing better and blah blah. Yeah. blah. It's like mate, they've been like chronically underfunded the entire time you've been Wales coach. That, that's the thing, like, like you you you're saying things like that about the regions. Well, have a word with your employers and get mm. them. 
to actually pay them for the services that you're taking off them. Yeah. You know, and if that thing that he said about Alex Mann is true as well, throwing him under the bus like that, that's just... Oh, I've, 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 I've missed that. What did he say? He um he said something about, so Alex Mann came into camp and um he asked the question, oh, so this is what it's like to be in a professional environment. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, keep that to yourself, and you know, like exactly like so. He's he's saying stuff like that about obviously new players coming in. Now I don't know if that's true or not. Obviously yeah. nobody will. But if if he has said that, one that question is what's going on in Cardiff. Mm. You know I mean, two is that true about Cardiff, and three, why would you have that conversation about your players anyway? You this you supposed to yeah. to protect your players, not put them in a in a firing line. He did. He could have just kept her anonymous. Like, if he really needed to say it, he could have said, yeah. "I've I've had players say to me that the whale set was far more professional than what you see at the regions." And yeah, none of us would really argue with that. No, because it should uh, yeah. be. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. It should be. That's your pinnacle. Apart from obviously the lions, but even that's invitational. Mm. It, it should be a step above what you get in the regions, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I don't you know, know, but I moments mean, like that, he just doesn't help himself. And and for me, again, he's he's had a few howlers since he's come back, hasn't he? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's, he's got a bit, he's got a, he's got to be warped back in New Zealand, I think. Yeah, I, I just, it's, it's it's almost as if he just doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. He's picking his paycheck up no matter what, and that's it. Now, I'm not saying he's not putting any effort into the coaching side of things, but. Again, we'll go into it in a minute. There's something missing, Nick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll quickly do the admin before we do the news. Look, we are at FL Rugby Pod on X. I'm at RJJ Blue Black. Liam is at Biz1984. Uh, we're not with Mikey or Ed tonight, but, uh, yeah, Mikey's still lurking on Twitter. You can find him at Mikey S. Harris and Ed. Oh, Christ, it's been a while since I've brought Ed's name up, but he is at Eddie Rugby, E-double-D-double-Y. Um, right, yeah, on to the news, sort of related to what you're saying, Biz. Um, Cardiff have signed Geth and Jenkins as a full-time defence coach for the next two years, starting yep. in the summer. Uh, I read today one of only two Welsh pro teams now that have a full-time defence coach. Yeah. It's, Staggering. It ties in with what we were just saying. Again, it's, you know, there's no money there. There's no money for additional coaches and to have the proper professional environment in place. You know, mm. it's... The Dragons haven't got one, have they? And I'm pretty sure Scarlet's haven't got one either. Aye, because um, uh, what's his face just left, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Gareth, David, Gareth, no, Gareth Williams. Uh, Williams. Yeah, yeah. Gareth Williams just left as well. So it's just <laughs> to be fair, defence is where we need a coach the most in 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 all the regions. You know, especially down west. You know, it's it's it should be high on priority because you know your attack relies on your defence. Mm. So, well, Sean Edwards is getting a lot of flack in France, but so maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's an avenue there for you to get uh, get Sean on the on the blower. Can you imagine Again. Sean comes back back to Wales and the whole Wales and this, you know, Shane and Daffodil Army will be up, you know, celebrating <laughs> all things. I, I will say of the um, old coaching crew, and I say the old coaching crew because it's, it's, it's actually still basically what we've already got, like, but yeah. out of Robley, how <laughs> Robley. Out of Gatland, Howley and Edwards, I, I really thought Edwards was something they, they did the biggest dirty to. Oh, 100%. And, 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 you know, he's probably the one that we should have rolled the red carpet up for. You know, yeah. 
is he head coach material? Does he want to go down that route or anything? I'm not sure. But you'd have that conversation, wouldn't you? And he just he's just so fiercely loyal as well. Like yeah. that's what I loved about him. Like he was, you know, when when he was in camp, he was just a hundred percent committed. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I just don't get that with Gatland. Like, you know, how how he'll uh, stay in New Zealand quite a lot of the year. Uh, not make the effort to go to the derby matches sometimes, and it does feel like it's almost a part-time job for him. And and that's the th- I think that's the problem this time round. You know, the first time he put everything into it. You you can you know that you know he mm. put his heart and soul into it. He moved his family over. Yeah, he did everything he could to make sure that he was you know Welsh through and through. And same as Sean Edwards, he done the same. And and this time round, it just doesn't feel like that. It just feels like. Not that he's just going through the emotions, but the heart isn't in it. The, you know, it's, it's it's just a job to him this time. Yeah, he it, seems kind of tired. Yeah, like, it's just, just out it of ideas. Like it's just a job to him now. Mm. It's, it's not that vocation. It's not that you know where he desperately wants to be. Like say Christmas time when he was in New Zealand again. Mm. I get your coach yeah. is allowed time off and you're and you're he's allowed thing, but not when you know your your main source of players are playing each other. Yeah, the other thing is, if if Gatland couldn't commit the time, that's fine. Yeah. But then Gatland shouldn't be the one with the job. No, exactly, exactly. So, you know, yeah. and he's bringing people like Howley back into it. You know, is that the right decision? You know, are we going backwards? It it does feel a bit jobs to the boys sometimes. Yeah. And and you know, I see the element of. No, the you know every coach has staff that he's always worked with, mm. and he brings into every different you know setup that they go into, and they have that familiarity. I get that, but like I said, you know it's it seems like we've taken backward steps when it comes to coaching. Well, I think what what does it say to the other coaches who are already there? Because as far as I can tell, Howley's come in with a very specific role, so on a technical coach or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, Whereas you know, he was previously a tack coach, but what does that say to the members of the coaching team who've been there for the last few years? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, how are you going to take over that part of your job now? And, and is it, like I say, we, we only see from the outside, we only see the the job titles, et cetera. Yeah. You know, let's be honest, it's probably more a case that Howley's pulling the strings a bit when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. You know, he's not going to want to take a backseat role, is he? Um. You know, and you just look at it, you look at the money that we're throwing at him and that team, and it's like, you know, we could have got somebody in like Pat Lamb, you know, yeah. just off the border, you know, probably wants to go into international coaching. A team like Wales would probably be a really, really, you know, mouth-watering chance for him, like, you know what I mean? And you, you see his passion when he talks about Bristol and stuff like that, and... I, I just think we should be looking at something like that rather than sticking with what you know what we've you know, like I've said in the past, how many people go back to their ex? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's it's really dangerous to come back to a country after you've had like memorial gates put up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like once once they put up the memorial gates, I think you should that that's it. Like you know, and you look at you look at the way he came back as well. You know, I'm not saying Pivak was the answer, right? You know, no. if Mikey was here now, he'd be jumping on top of this. But I'm not saying Pivak was the answer. But if you look at actual statistics, right? Pivak was in a job for three years. In them three years, we won the Six Nations once. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Gatlin was in charge for 12 years, and he won the, won the Six Nations four times. 
I mean, it's, 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 the statistic, statistically, it's the same. It's, you know, they, they've won the same amount of trophies. I, I, su- I suppose, them. yeah, I, I suppose it was the unacceptable stuff, wasn't it? It was the Georgia and Italy losses at home, I think, that really yeah. fucking did it for him. Because, um, yeah, yeah. As, as you say, there were so many years in the doldrums of Gatland. Like, the think of that sort of 2014 through to 2019 era, really, yeah. Yeah. where we were quite average. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were. And that's the thing. Like, you look at the results after we come back from a World Cup. Mm. You know, we, we, you know, I don't think we hit the top half the table in the Six Nations every time we come back from the World Cup. It was weird, wasn't it? It was either Grand Slam or fourth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. Like, so... And yeah, the the games against Italy and Georgia were, you know, unacceptable for, you know, a, a nation like us. I'm not saying that we're the best in the world, but that's unacceptable. But, you know, you've given a job, a, a job to a coach. You, his remit at the start was a two plus two year contract. Yeah. So you're, you're straight away, you're putting it on him that he's got to get results. He's not there to build, he's there for results driven only. You know, and you look at the teams that Pivak did pick at the start, mm. there wasn't much difference to what, what was left. You know, he didn't really put his stamp on it himself. You know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that we'd be better off now, but I think it was a harsh decision. And to bring Gatlin back, I think, was the wrong decision. Yeah. Um We've gone on a bit of a detour there because we yeah, started off. No, with... we have. Not. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I was sort of trying to figure out where we try to put the pieces back together. But yes, uh, that's that was a defense coach uh, yeah, conversation. Back, back to defense coach. Uh, yeah. uh, second piece of news then um, across the border, but Wasps, it sounds like, now have uh, funding in a stadium. And in their words, you tell me they are looking to play in a competition that matches our values. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll let you, released let you a uh, statement today, um, and I again quote me, don't quote me on it. The words they said were, "They've found funding, so considerable funding, and they've got a stadium ready to go that would match their values and their ethos, or something like that." And it's possibly very tedious, lengthy. Puts them in the frame for the URC, mm. but you know you you got to look at that with a pinch of salt and think what's going to or are they going to go straight back into the championship? It'll be interesting because I feel like the URC now is a competition that'll just take anybody who's got enough money to run a pro rugby team yeah. wherever they're based. So I can see that avenue opening up. However, what would that make it? That would make it a seventeen-team league. Yeah, which doesn't doesn't really work. I don't know if the Blazers in England are gonna back it. I'm yeah. not sure what the rules are there, and I guess my worry is the the idea of an Anglo Welsh league was starting to gain some momentum due to the lack of teams in England. Yeah. Uh, but another one rising from the ashes. I wonder if you think that might be putting the brakes on our yeah. optimism a bit. So the wording, I've got to be here, the wording is, we can now inform you that we have secured the core, sustainable finance and a stadium in which to play. All we are waiting for is a competition to join that will allow us to compete at the highest level and one that shares our values. I, I, it's the shares our values that I really can't get my head. 
yeah. Well, what do, what do they mean? What, what, so that's, what, that's what, what, like what what values does a competition have, and what values do wasps have? That's very very fucking um, vague, <laughs> isn't it? Exactly. Um. Yeah, and that you know, as it stands with the, you know sixteen teams, and they're not going to create a seventeen team team league, are they? This, let's be honest, that's not going to happen. I think it's more lines of if Wales do move out. Mm. Or they they bring them in with you know maybe a Georgian side the Black Lion or something. No, I figured it out. Go on. Just you wait. It's going to be this year's Ospreys uh, merger rumor. Ospreys and Wasps. Hey, yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You do first. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Any hey, any Ospreys. new Ospreys? <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, I wish I'd come <laughs> that one now. Uh, any news on where they think they're going to be? Playing like broadly because I know they were in Coventry before they, that. They, they were haven't said anything. Like say that's that is literally all they've put out. So there's no speculation. There's no rumours of where they're going to be. But uh, Rose, just maybe. the fact that they're ready to go. Yeah. I mean, they, they play in black and amber. They could play at Rodney Parade. Replace yeah. the Dragons. Direct replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do any worse. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know, okay, but. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that then. Uh, so yeah. Six Nations, look, just general thoughts then on a 31-7 loss, I guess. It, it sounds like from the introduction, but you weren't uh, too happy at all. Uh, it's like, like say, when you can, when you're caught up in the moment, you know, you're, you're before, let's, let's be honest, beforehand, before the game starts, we're all expecting a hiding. You know, there's there's no two ways about it. You tell me before the game, the scoreline's going to be 31-7, and I'm probably like, yeah, I, I'll take that. You know what I mean? I uh, I got I got to jump in there. So we were in the LAN over before the match, and my buddy was just looking at the odds on various outcomes, you know, just for the laugh, for the laugh, like. Yeah. And uh, one of them was five plus tries to be scored in each half. Yeah. And the the odds were quite low. I thought, Jesus Christ, like the, are the bookies really expecting this much for battering? Where yeah, you know, there's going to be ten tries throughout the game. You know, it's it was it was yeah. wild. And it, they weren't good value, like no, exactly, and, and that's what I mean. So you know, we're expecting a big, big hiding, mm. expecting a huge loss, you know, just, and you're going into the game with no hopes and expectations. So then kickoff comes, and then your Welsh hope just comes out in floods. Oh, I, yeah. actually, we've got a chance here because well, it, it went to like nine minutes, didn't it? About the yeah. score. And, I, and, I, and I, you're thinking, so then the first twelve minutes, we gave away. I think it was more penalties in our first 12 minutes than we had done in each of the first two games. Yeah, no, our discipline in the first half against England, I think, was phenomenal, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I think, we, I think so, it was zero penalties. No, I th- yeah, I think it was for the total game in, against Scotland, there was like six penalties conceded. Hmm. And England, it was five or four. And they were mostly in the second half, half, yeah. Minutes, we conceded, like, I think it was six or seven penalties. And yeah. for me, that was a lot to do with the ref. I think you look at the the first half to the second half and somebody's had a word in his ear at, at halftime. Mm-hmm. Because it, his refereeing changed drastically at halftime. Because I think we became the first international team this side of World War Two to get pinged for putting the ball in yeah. skew to the scrum. Yeah. Which... You never call that anymore. Like, exactly. How egregious must you... And then on the, on the subsequent scrum to Ireland, I remember the ref stayed on the non-put-in side and the, the ball went... Yeah, and it's, it's insane. So I think somebody's obviously had a word with him because, you know, and 
the 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 stuff that the Irish get away with at, at ruck time, you know, coming in from the side, holding players in, ball, you know, hand on the ball and stuff. It's just insane. There was the one Porter turnover where he was quite cute, actually. So he, he had his two hands sort of interlocked and yeah. sort of scooped under the ball. And it doesn't look like you're putting weight on your hands there. But no. But he was. I know. <laughs> like, and, but yeah, yeah, this, yeah. The scrimmaging was... Oh, the, the boar again. <laughs> outrageous, like. You know, and to top it all off then... You know, you've got, a, you've got a Welsh team who are devoid of ideas past phase four. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, you, you need... And, and I know there you know there's young players coming in as well, but there's still experienced players in there. And, and you know, when something isn't working, you don't go for 16, 17 phases doing exactly the same thing and expecting a different result. I, I was screaming for a drop goal at that point. Yeah. Just get up there. Take a point. Anything like yeah. you know, and yeah. you've got you've got an Irish defence who are quite clearly on top of their game. You know, don't get me wrong, I, I you know, a lot of it is illegal, but they they're streetwise and they get away with it. Yeah. We weren't streetwise. We didn't look up once and think, right, let's spread it. But then you you they the they panned out and looked at the back line and there wasn't one. Yeah. There wasn't anything set up to go. There wasn't like, oh, let's try something different. It was just repeat, repeat, repeat. And we just didn't get anywhere with it. And I, I think maybe Ireland took a look at the last two games and thought there's no danger of Wales kicking yeah. to the wings. Exactly. We just haven't been. And, and that's what I mean. It's like there's nobody there just actually looking up and actually thinking, right, let's try something different here. You know, let's let's look at what's in front of us. But no, it's like we, we're just... And that then goes on to the confidence thing where you, the team lacks a bit of confidence. And Ireland just... Brutal, you know. Another mm. thing I notice as well is when they hit the ruck or when they make a tackle, it's with force. Yeah, it, it's, it's they mean it. They want to not not hurt you, hurt you, but they want you to feel it. We're so passive when it comes to defence. You know, we we smother the tackle and then just do nothing. Yeah, we 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 don't seem to like. There, there was definitely a point I think where Ireland were attacking down the right wing. And the tactic seemed to be let the winger get past you and then catch them from behind rather yeah. than meet them on the game line. Yeah. Which when it's with a team like Ireland, where once they've broken your line, they're just so efficient, they're probably going to score. I thought that was a bit silly. Well, that's, that's the thing. They, they looked like they're going to score. Like yeah. you know, they went through three or four phases and opened us right up and looked like they were going to score every time. I will say the scramble defense was pretty good. Yeah. That's probably I, the best part of it because, like I say, every time they opened us up, we did manage to get back, especially in the first half, most of the time. Mm. Um, but even, you know, you go on to the kicking game, like we said a couple of weeks back, our kicking game is non-existent. Like. No, and when it is, it seems to be a sort of panicky last resort rather yeah. than a planned move. Kicks are always too long. The chase is always laboured. I'm, you know, I'm trying to tell people this, you know, the people I was, I was sat next to and the people I was with, Saying, you know, trying to point out where they're going wrong, stuff like that. And they go, oh, well, they're trying, aren't they? <laughs> and it's like, no, I don't care if they're trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this... it's like, Sorry, yeah, that is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, you just don't get it. Like, it's like, it might be just a game to you. You might be just a, you know, a Welsh fan just hoping we win. But, you know, when you're watching it and you know the game inside out, you, you look, you know, you see the errors. I think the annoying thing is, is, yeah, as you say, um, 
we, you and I both know Wales weren't going to win that match, but there were things we could have done, yeah. I think, to have made it closer and to come away with a little bit of respect. Yeah, so Wainwright's non-try in the second half, closely followed by Ireland scoring in the last yeah. minute, that's a 14-point swing. Yeah, that, that game could have ended 24-14 if some of the forwards just had a bit more carrying yeah. uh, direction even. I mean, we take the ball so static. We do, and and that's the thing. Like you know, there's nothing there. There's you know, you look at how they're playing the game. It's very basic. You know, you're thinking. I'm thinking to myself, right? Where's where? What's the attack coach doing with our our line? Mm. What's you know? What's what is the tactic? Like at, at, by this point, uh, Corey Domachowski was on the field, and he has scored so many tries by running from ten meters and just smashing over the line. And I know that sometimes you need to be quite cute and need to disguise the runners and that's how you find the hole. But sometimes you just need a massive fucker running at a smaller fucker yeah. and going, all right, stop me if you fucking can. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know, I reckon we might have had a bit of joy just going, all right, boxes, we're just going to, we are actually just going to smash, you know. It's like if he wants to play a Warren Ball game, if he wants mm. to play that one hitter, why isn't North in a 12? Or... It, it doesn't really, I, I think I said this before, it doesn't really matter what numbers on his back, just pop the ball to him first, yeah. wherever he is. First, first hit. Crash yeah. him up in the first hit and then and then <clears> go from there. You, you're isolating, you know, three or four defenders just for, by doing that because he had some good, powerful runs. It did take more than one defender to bring him down. Mm. You know, if he wants to play that style again, put him in the right position. You know, it's... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's why he was so effective, I think, when he was... Yeah. Earlier on in his career, like we were popping him ball off the top of line out, you know, disguising him behind the line, and he then find the gap between the scrum half and the and the yeah. forwards. You know, you look at Rio Dyer and Josh on the wings. I can't remember any phases of that game on Sunday where they were past the ball wide in open play. No, I think yeah, there was like one Rio Dyer move. Maybe I, I I think I remember a highlight last night. I, I was watching scrum five and. Uh, Apart from that, you're right. And Josh has had a quiet Six Nations, I think. Oh, yes. Again, you know, he had a quiet Six Nations. He hasn't really been given any ball to do anything, really. Mm. Um, and I don't see the hunger that I've seen in the past. You know, yeah. in the past, you've seen him come off his wing so much, get, get looking for that ball, being hungry to you know, take it up, even if it's in the middle of the park. And I haven't seen that from him in this Six Nations. I wonder if there's a lot of... Um contract stuff going on behind the scenes maybe with him because I think Josh Adams has played his best when he's really settled at his club and he's playing quite regularly yeah. there was during like the COVID season and then last season he was so good for Cardiff you could tell he gave a shit I think that really translated into his Wales form and I think similarly when he was with when he was with Worcester as well and then since the World Cup I think he's been playing so infrequently he just hasn't got himself up to speed. Yeah. He needs he needs a solid season of club rugby, I think. Do you think he's fully fit? Nah. Nah, like no. he's been strapped up the entire time. I don't think he's nowhere near fully fit. I think that no. that's probably weighing on his mind as well. Like, And again, the, the situation where we are in Wales at the moment, you know, obviously he wants to play for Wales, and I won't take that away from him at all, but, you know, surely in the back of his mind, if he isn't fully fit, he's probably thinking, you know, especially if there's, there is contract negotiations going on. Yeah. Once, like you know, one big injury year now, and this is going to cost me a few years. Like, well, one, yeah, and Cardiff probably won't be able to keep him on if he's yeah. injured. Is exactly. the, the harsh reality. So, exactly. yeah. Um, 
Well, on that, that's right, no, one thing I got to mention before I forget that sort of eight minute period of unbroken play was fucking amazing. Yeah. I just I sat in the pub just thinking, when's this going to end? It was breathless. But again, yeah. no, nothing happened. I mean, and, and that's the thing, like, you, you know, we, we don't gain any yards, like. In years gone by, if Wales had had the ball for eight minutes or the ball going dead, fitness would have just meant that we score by default. Yeah. But yeah. And and like I say, to top it off, the whole, you know, the attack coach, the, you know, the defence coach, and something like that, we haven't got an attack. We we have got no. a play a couple of phases, see what happens, and then play it by, you know, and there's not even any of that. It's like, there's not like, oh, let's throw it about. I would rather lose. And thought about like the barbarians and what we're doing at the moment. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we penalty tries feel so deflating somehow. Yeah. When when you we score score, them, do we? Yeah, you know, that was a nil, really. Yeah, and yeah, I, I do think if we'd have taken a couple of more shots at goal, and then you think about tries in previous rounds as well. I think that a lot of those have come from malls. And yeah, it does remind me of that period in twenty. Was what was the World Cup where we couldn't score against Australia? Twenty fifteen yeah. in the group stages where they were down to thirteen. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like sometimes you just think, like, how thick could you be? Just there's there's got to be a plan for when teams are down a man, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you know, Thomas Williams at nine, great player, but he's got he's got he's got to be calling the shots more. And I don't. It goes back to the first game where we said we don't know the game plan. We don't know what. What these players have been told and what they are and aren't allowed to do. But we've played our best rugby this year in the Six Nations when yeah. cuffs are off. Yeah. And I and I'm not I, I know you can't play that for 80 minutes. I I get that. I'm not I'm not mm. stupid, but they seem to be held back a lot. Do you think um far be it from me to give Eddie Jones any sort of credit for anything he's ever said? But a couple of seasons back he was adamant that one season he was practicing doing defense. The following season, he was doing attack, and then he was going to stick it all together. Any suggestion that maybe Wales this season are just concentrating on defence more than anything, and then they're going to try and build an attack from that? Possibly. You know, um, then you ask the question, is that something that should be kept in-house, or should should that be that information be given to the Welsh public? You know, should, mm. they, should, should Gatlin come out and say, right, guys, you know, I understand... You're frustrated. We're frustrated. We know we're, we're, we're. This is what we're trying to build. This is what we're doing. This is our four-year plan, and it will come. Bear with us. You know, is that something that should be put out there? You know, is that something that the Welsh public deserve, or yeah. should that be kept in house because of you know tactical knowledge for the for the for your opponents? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I don't know. I'm probably just making excuses for relatively poor performances and this idea of being sort of plucky losers was only going to last for so long that being said i do think we've got a decent shout against france in a fortnight yeah again it's what i'm trying to not get too much hope up if i'm honest because it's easy it's easily done but you look at how france are playing at the moment and yeah you could easily say yeah come on we got a chance of this but Did, did you watch did you watch the game the Italy I game. did right, I watched oh, yesterday. But yeah. honest to God, Garbizi. I felt I, so bad. I felt like swearing so much at every Italian thing I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So a random story for you. 
can you do you get your random Facebook memories, which you put a post up of 12, 13 years ago? Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah, I'm being. And you think to yourself, who was that person? Who, who wrote that absolute garbage? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I had a post, and it was something along the lines of, "Have that Gino de Campo. I'm going to strangle you with a strand of spaghetti, or something like that." And you're never going to win another game or something, something stupid like that. It was. Get help. <laughs> and I felt like do, doing the same. Like, what, you know, every Italian person out there must be thinking, wow, like we just thrown that away. Like. Well, the other thing is, right, it was a stadium with the roof closed and no wind. Like, how yeah. the ball falls off the team. Yeah, exactly. Like, but is so they're not allowed to charge a penalty, are they? Well, this is the thing, see. So, I've got a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, there's been a lot made of the um, water carrier on the pitch, which yeah. definitely shouldn't have been allowed in the no, exactly in the eye line. The charge down, I've only seen one angle, but it looks to me like the guy starts running once the ball falls off the tee. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the law is there. I know you're not allowed to charge a penalty, but at that point, is it sort of like, okay, well, the penalty's been taken, play on? Like, I don't think it is. I, I don't see how that that's possible because, yeah. like, say, if you're in a windy stadium, yeah, or you know, you're allowed somebody to hold the ball for you. So I, I did like you... that. That prop did. Was, he was like, "All right, I'll help you." But yeah. surely down. you get a chance to reset. I I think like the the blame has got to be on Garbizi. He must have put it on the tee wrong. He must have just hundred percent been... on him. You know, it's, it's not it's it's not really a missable kick either, was it? Oh, you'd have had it. Like, I think if you'd have had. Five more seconds, he'd have had it. Yeah. And, it, it you know, for, for me, I think the ref bottled it. Mm. 100%. If that was, that was Italy, Georgia, or, you know, a, a, a nothing game, he's bottled up because his fans going to lose the game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, France will obviously be disappointed that it was a draw, but, uh, yeah, they Italy definitely should have won that. And I, I think it's a good result for us because... France, there won't be a, much of a backlash from France. I think they're just going to be annoyed more than anything. Just... France are just going to bring the punt back from the sevens and everything and say, no, <laughs> you're not having it for you. S-O-S. You've got to get back, yeah. Like... Uh, he's already scoring for fun, isn't he? He's um, already in the team of the week, isn't he? Yeah. The Vancouver yeah. sevens. All right, if you look at some changes for France and the back three, I, I do think there's still a case for Adams to be replaced with Grady. Any any advances on that? I think we I think we need to. I think we go into these last two games, both at home and... Now we will t- be able to tell if we are building or if we're not. Yeah. Because we're not going to win the Six Nations. We're not, you know, we're not going to really do much by winning the last two games. So now is his chance to say, right, let's let's make some changes. I would bring in Grady and, and, and for, for the back three especially. I don't think that, again, Camwin, it needs to stay there. Like I said yeah. before, players like that need to be given that shirt and make it their own, yeah. especially the way he's played. No, yeah, our best player on, on, on the pitch on Saturday. I think Dyer's been playing his guts out a bit as well. Yeah. I know I know it hasn't gone his way, but I don't think he can fault his effort this season so far. No, uh, I think he's done well. I think um, you know, a, a, a lot still a lot to learn. You know, i I haven't been his biggest fan up till now. And I no, you know, same. think he's got a lot more to learn as as he, as we go along. But yeah, again, credit where still we deserves that shit at the moment. Yeah, I think not a lot else to add on the back three then In, into the centers but i mean it's going to be tompkins and north again you'd have thought uh but it's just not clicking like, there was that 
pass from Tompkins, wasn't it? I think early in the yeah. first half where Beard and Mann sort of got confused as to who the ball was for and it was sort of at their knees and yeah, it's just not really been working for me. No, and 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 that's the thing. It's you know, it's when when it comes round, you 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 need to see what's the word? You need to see improvement. Yeah, and we're just not seeing that from 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 either of them really. You know, we know what George offers, and on his day, you know, he, he's exceptional. You know, he, he breaks the line. He do, he does what he needs to do. Um, and he is doing that to a certain extent, but he's not doing it enough. And then you look at um, you look at Tompkins, and I'm a big fan of Tompkins. I think you know his work rate is great, his defence is great. But at the moment, you are questioning, you know, what what does he bring into a side that is devoid yeah. of any attack in that back line? I suppose what's the alternative um, based on people who are in the squad already? Owen Watkin. Well, you've got uh, and you've got Joe Roberts, haven't you? Oh, I forgot about Roberts, I You um, know, and are you bringing any of them in? I, you know, possibly give Joe Roberts a shout to 12 yeah. if he's got if he's got North outside him. Does does he play a lot at 12 for Scarlets? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's played there a lot, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's it's one of those things, you know, again, if, if we're looking at development and we're looking towards the future, then give him the game against France, give him the game against Italy, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like George North always has a good game against France. It's just, <laughs> I don't know if it's just that uh, game where his dad ran onto the pitch sticking in my mind. But Yeah. No, he yeah. does, like, and it's, again, you know, we're at that point where, like you say, if we're building for the future, hmm. these boys need the exposure. I would have loved to have seen Ben Thomas get a bash. Yeah. he's He's been a good 12 this year. Um I've I've always been having an hour about whether or not I think he makes the step up, but now's the time to find out. Yeah. Do you do you see then his his long term future? I know we'll go back to the back three, but do you see Mason's long term future in the centre or on the wing? I think he's only playing wing this season because of all the injuries Cardiff have had. Yeah. Um I think he needs time to develop as a thirteen, because yeah. he would be invaluable, I think. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, I've always seen him as a centre, and, and don't wrong, I like him on the wing. Um, has he got that out and out pace that you want, like from, like say, from a, a Duan van der Merwe? Like, it's it's that thing, isn't it? Like that really annoying Brian Habana advert, where it's like, I noticed my opposition took ages to turn around, yeah. and I feel like that would be Grady a bit on the wing, like straight line speed. Once he's up to speed, no problem. Yeah. Um, and it's just the sort of little nuances of wing play as well, like kick receipt, um, kick return, uh, sort of thing you don't really have to do at 13. Yeah. And I, th- I think, yeah, for me, I've preferred watching there, but I mean, Again, still... if we're playing a, a Warren Ball game, you know, why why aren't we, why are we looking past Grady and North in the centres? I, it, <laughs> North at 12, I, I don't think it's ever happened, even at club level, no, is no, it? it Which hasn't. is I'm just yeah, amazing. See, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, have the Ospreys ever put him there? No, they've only put him at thirteen as well. Well, it'd be a it'd be a gamble then. Um, oh, it's, it's a big yeah. gamble, but like I say, you know, you've got your first one. You've got a big centre partnership there. You know what I mean? It's a shame that Llewellyn's out of sight and over the bridge, really, because yeah. uh, and Hawkins. Uh, see, I, I think Hawkins and Roberts could have been a really effective duo. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the look of Hawkins. He he looked generational. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully he'll be back before long. So, but yeah, so like I say, I, I, I agree with you. I think he'll stick with the centres. Um, I don't think he'll change anything there. I, I can't see him bringing Watkin. Well, I can see him bringing Watkin back in, but I you know, I don't think it'll happen. It would be an injury um, cover, I think, at this point, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I think we're sticking with them. And then 10. What are you thinking for 10? I think I'm coming around to the idea we've got to give one of the two guys a good run. Yeah. And I th- I think it's going to be Costello. Yeah. I like I like the look of Johan Lloyd. He's he's impressed me. Uh but yeah, just purely because he's a little bit further ahead in terms of the packing order, I think we'll stick with Costello. I think Thomas Williams is probably having one of his best seasons for Wales so far, apart from like the brain farts you've outlined already. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things, it's the the game you want to play in it at the moment. Hmm. Costello's your perfect, you know, replacement for Dan because he plays a more defensive game. You know, he, he was one of the ones. top tacklers on the weekend. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like I say, another one like Tompkins is work rate that you see. The tackles, you know, even that game against England, uh, was it Scotland or England? And he went to Scotland where he went off. Yeah. Um, he was still in the top top tacklers of the team at the end of the game. Like, that is wild. <laughs> you know, so you know, he does put his put his body on the line and he does, you know, like like Dan did to be fair. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably why Gats likes him because he's in that mould. Obviously, he's got a long way to go to get that to that standard yet, but he does give it about like Dan did. And you know, if you want a more looser game, you do bring your own idea off, off the bench, like. Yeah. So yeah. but like I said, I don't think we've got the players to play that defensive game. But we have got a few players there to play the the loose game. So, you know, this is for me. I'd go Johan Lloyd and give him a few games. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think he's going to stick with Sam. Onto the front row then, but um, I thought Gareth Thomas had an excellent sort of opening exchange. I th- he was everywhere. He seemed to be getting about in the loose and in contact quite a bit. Um, I thought Elliot D was good. I I just wonder if Kieran Asarati maybe on the tight, got a little bit exposed by the gamesmanship of uh, Porter on the loose and was just sort of quite passive in being mm. bought in on. I, I don't know what you, you think of that. I just think I, there's nothing wrong with them. I, I think skill-wise and, and you know, the levels that they're at are just nowhere near where the other nations are at the moment. You know, it's, you're picking um, a Lions team for this summer or whatever, we haven't got any front row in it. You know what I mean? That, that, and that's where we're at. I think these guys need that like, long-term exposure at that level, and you know, to bring to, to bring them on. So, it I wouldn't say they did anything drastically wrong. Mm. I think they were played by far superior players. I think um, Ryan Elias must be really inside his own head right now because that first line out he came on and, and threw into went wrong. Yeah, you look and at like, it, and the yeah. jumpers didn't even get off the floor. Like the, the guy, the guy really must be just—I don't know—like like every time he's about to throw the first line out of a game, he must yeah. just be like, "What's going to go wrong now?" Like, yeah, because that first line out in in inside that well on their twenty-two, perfect position for us to attack, and it's got overthrown because they can't lift in the line out. Yeah, so it's 
it's it's bonkers again. You you know you look at the other lineouts, you look at his work rate again. He he deserves to be there, but yeah, that communication in that lineout is woeful. I I did notice I think throughout the rest of the game that um the lineout was forming and being thrown into a lot quicker as if as if the unit had worked on its timing all week. So they've gone, okay, yeah. once we get there, just do this and keep it clean. And then when Elias came on, it almost felt like the tactic had changed to slower, more complicated lineouts. Yeah. I don't really get why. No. And that's, and that's the thing. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense. And again, you look at the French game, because of the way he's picked his squad, we, you know, we've only got... Evan Lloyd as a backup. Mm. So, you know, we can't exactly just throw him in against against France. So we are stuck with what we got. But the lineup yeah. needs to function better. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think that unit of six front row players is going to change. I thought Dylan Lewis actually was all right, considering he's been in the wilderness a bit. Yeah, he's done well coming on. Um, although there, there was some footage of him looking absolutely fucking knackered. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's worth a look if you uh, if you go, yeah. go on Twitter. Uh, I think it seems like Dav Jenkins and Adam Beard is just his partnership now with Rollins coming off the bench. What's uh, that, again? What's Adam Beard doing? What's he got? What has he got on Gatland or one of them coaching staff that keeps him in that team? I feel like I'd be annoyed by him because you, you see replays of him getting like really angry and vocal at the rest of the team as if yeah. he isn't also fucking up. Yeah. And I think I would just be fed up with his shit by now. I um, don't know what he brings to the side. Yeah. I think I noticed Dav Jenkins talking a bit more to the ref this time he out, did. which was good. He picked that up last week, didn't we? And he did. And it was it was nice of him to actually call a ref out a bit. Yeah, you know, saying that oh, can you ref both sides? That's 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 a yes. That's that's what he said, was it? <laughs> that was a ballsy call to make, especially when you're on the field of play. And you know, again, that's where I come back. Half time, you must have had a talking to because yeah, he, he changed his tactics in the second half. That's for sure. <laughs> he definitely did. Um, back row, I mean, it's a settled unit. I've like I'm liking the look of it. Man, yeah. uh, ref, and Wayne, right? Um. Martin on the bench was a weird one for me. I don't think he was too bad when he came on. Uh, he just doesn't cover all the positions. I noticed he was packing down at um, blindside as well. Yeah, and that's, that's that's another thing, you know. You can't draw... It's harsh to drop him for not doing enough. Mm. You know, because he didn't really get a chance to come off the bench. I've always said, you come off the bench, you haven't really got a chance to make a huge impact unless you have one of them absolute worldly games. Know, yeah, and 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 take score the winning try or something like that. Your absolute dream debut, you know what I mean? Um, and especially against an Irish pack who are on top all day. Yeah, you know you you're not going to get much change from it. But you know you done well for his first game. You done well. Um, again, playing out the position really. Mm. He, you know, he's normally an eight at. at, at I've on, only ever seen him play eight. Yeah. yeah. So out the position and packing down in a strange position in. The Viva Stadium against Ireland, you know, <laughs> you know what the stuff, the things that we're expecting from these players is 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 madness, you know, and it's yeah, some of the calls. Do you go back to Tain? Do you stick with 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 Martin on the bench? You know, it's a tough call. I I wonder why the call was made in the first place to drop Basham, especially for that game, um, and I I just wonder if he might be in Gatland's bad books somehow. Yeah. 
And Quite possibly, you know, he's had he's had some brain farts this season, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, is, is he putting in about enough in, in training? Is he seeing anything from him? Mm. Um, and again, you look at the the squad as a whole and the back line and the, the backline players who was it who was not there, you know, imagine having Thomas Young come off the bench. Yeah, I know you're talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like what you know, why isn't he coming off the bench? Why isn't he in the squad? You know, it's like I would love to. I I would love to know what happened to this. I'm not even. I'm not even mad about it anymore. It's, it's been too yeah. much time. But like, I w- I really want to know what the actual reason is. Yeah, exactly. You know, both of them's not not fit. Tame Basham's obviously out of favour now. So you 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 haven't really got any other choice. Well, they Seb's in the squad, and he but Seb oh, yeah. him. Yeah. He's not. He's not playing unless it's a disaster. <laughs> no. So, and then I say you look at the back row to start. You know, Wainwright, Raffle, and Man. That's, that's looking well. It's itself at the moment. Yeah. Um, wrapping up the bench, then the backs as it stands as Hardy, Lloyd, and Mason Grady. Let's say we do parachute Grady into the starting lineup because so I think it'll be Hardy and Lloyd again on the bench. Yeah. Who do you bring onto the bench in the backs? I'd like to see Joe Roberts. Yeah. I imagine we'll see Watkin. If if Grady's in. If Grady's pushed in, yeah. Or Obviously, Adams will push to the bench. Yeah, I don't see Adams as a bench, I see. I, I just, I just I don't see that happening. I think if you're going to drop him, drop him properly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could see Roberts. I think, I think Gartland likes like, like he famously called his out his uh, body shape, didn't he? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'd like to see it again against France. You, you, it's it's tough, but it is at home, and we've got nothing to lose. Yeah. All right, but um, we'll talk about it more in next week's pod, I'm sure, because, uh, well, we've got a week off. Uh, we are back to URC action. We did cover this in detail on last week's pod, so uh, go have a listen if you want to know anything more. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how everybody gets back. Um, and we've got Edinburgh... Just a quick one, Reece. Yeah. We're not going to discuss the England game? Oh, I suppose if we want to. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that one in Club of Bont. It was, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was um, um, again. We'll just touch on it quickly, but and move on because don't really want to talk about them for too long, do we? Um, <laughs> yeah, the you know the first first five ten minutes, England looked sharp. You know they looked like you know they, they wanted it, mm. and then just disappeared off the off the pitch, really, didn't they? It was yeah. That, that was the sort of feeling I got, and like by the time it started getting dark around the stadium, it really felt like Scotland just needed to continue to play their game and England would eventually just shit the bed. Like, like Van der Merwe was just having a fucking field day, wasn't he, really? Yeah. 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 Um, I I think they've got a real... Like, I, I know England aren't a great team right now, but I, I'm convinced Scotland are just their bogey team. Like, I, I'm convinced that England have got an identity crisis. Yeah. And, and, and they have no idea what they're trying to achieve. They, they, a bit like us, really. Yeah, but they've got... I, I always said, when Eddie Jones left and they brought in somebody else, yeah, I would be scared to see what sort of England team is on the pitch. Yeah, Because the talent that they've got available to them on is the out of this world. You yeah, know? they've got the biggest playing pool, biggest budget, yeah. should and be world champions forever. scary, the talent that they've got. Yeah. And they bring in some like Borthwick. It's like... What are you doing? Um, I'm still a bit gutted, actually. We managed to uh, 
shit the bed in Twickenham. Yeah, definitely. Because you look at the performance that they put out, you know, after the last 70 minutes of that game, mm. they just weren't. At the, and, and, and Scotland weren't exactly perfect either, were they? They, they left a lot out there. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, I don't think the quality was great. Like, as a spectacle, it was very watchable, very exciting. Yeah. You know, I do like you know, seeing England. Ben Spencer on the bench and yeah. Danny Kerr. Don't get me wrong. Danny Kerr's got his, his, his pluses, but he's not going to the next World Cup. No. You know, he's 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 good, but he's not at you know the level of some of Ben Spencer is absolutely amazing. You know, him, Harry Randall, you know, Alex Mitchell, I know Mitchell's injured now, but the nines they've got us at their disposable and, and they're still going with Danny Kerr is bonkers. But for my money, just because of how many players there are in England, I don't understand how they haven't got like two Lions quality players in every position. Every position. Like it's it's such a failure on the RFU's part. Yeah. They they should be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And another team though that's playing a a brand of rugby that you know they haven't got the players to do so. Yeah. It's boring. It's it's like again, I go back to what we've said in the past. The rugby is a is is in the entertainment business. Yeah. And, it, and it's a professional game. We should be putting on a show. You know, you look at rugby, look at the the rugby league on Saturday, Wigan against Penrith, the World Club um, competition. It was one hell of a game. It was brutal. It was fast. It was a real good watch. You know, better than any of the Six Nations games over the weekend. Yeah. We need to cut, and we've got a much, much bigger, you know, fan base sponsorship base, you know, oh, world audience than Rugby League has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, rug- Rugby League is the north west of England and yeah. Australia, basically. We we need to capitalise on that and we need to put on a better show. You know, it's, you know, I don't remember, I haven't got the answers, but, you know, the, the brand of rugby that, that Wales and England are trying to play at the moment is, is boring and it's, it's just not enjoyable to watch. Yeah. No, fair enough, but um, I, I, I'm still ruining actually both of those losses. Like, Ireland are always going to smash us, but uh, yeah, I am holding out some hope for France, so I, I still think we can do that. Um, all right, yeah, quick recap on the URC then. Edinburgh Ospreys on Friday night, uh, yep. Connaught Scarlets on Saturday afternoon, Cardiff Leinster Saturday night, uh, same time as Ulster Dragons there, uh, half past seven. Uh, do you reckon Scarlet's going to get many players back? You're, like, you're definitely not getting Hardy or Costello or Lloyd, do you? No. We probably get Rogers back. Oh, Rogers um, is injured. I think. I think he's dropped out of the squad. Oh, yes, he has, he has. He has. Sorry, yeah. apologies. Um, we might get Kemsley Matthias back. Yeah, and that's it, really. Yeah, I'm not expecting much. It'll be interesting to see if we get Martin or Adams back for the uh, the Leinster game. But I also wonder if Gatlin's going to just be like, "Oh, fucking Leinster, you're not getting anyone back." <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I can't see many players. Come back this week, if I'm honest. I think, uh, especially with the English players going back to their clubs. I know that there's no game for them or anything, but yeah, I do think they get released. I read something the other day. Um, so I don't know if they stay in camp. I'll have to check that. But uh, but yeah, I think you'll probably want to keep a tight knit squad ready for the next one. Yeah, uh, you did say you had a forbidden love of the week, but I do. So. The company that I used to work for are Scottish, <laughs> and 
ever since I left them, I've had a bit of PTSD. <laughs> I'm not been a fan of the Scottish, if I'm totally honest. So that's probably the first time ever in my mind I wanted England to win a game. But even though I did, my forbidden love is Scotland winning. Because there we go. Fantastic. There we go. That's uh, starting, to, starting to heal the wounds, are we? Yeah, slowly. Uh, we do have a couple of shout-outs. Uh, Geraint Lloyd has been in touch to ask us to shout-out Arshan. Uh, he's nine years old and he's running a mile a day to raise money for the N- uh, sorry MND Association in memory of Dean Hawker. Uh, fair play to the kid like this. Uh, incredible. Yeah, Already raised quite a bit of cash. Um, we leave a link to that on our Twitter page at FL Rugby Pod. If you'd like to uh, follow the link and donate. Uh, Biz, you said you had one for the Jets as well, Bud. Yeah, so shout out to the Jets. Um, we've come a long way from where we started. Um, I know it's just rugby league rather than rugby union. But um, if you know anyone that wants to get enjoy, uh, involved in our junior section, we've um, created a new junior section ready for this summer. So... All age groups from under eights up to under sixteens and hopefully an under nineteens as well on each side. So if you know anyone that wants to get involved, just drop us a message and uh, we'll send you over the information. That sounds like you're out of a really busy summer there, Biz. It's gonna yeah. Well luckily I've got a good team around me, so oh, I've uh, managed to put a team in place to make it happen. Otherwise I definitely wouldn't be able to cope on my own. Smashing. All right. Well, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, get in touch with us on the socials. We always love to hear from you. And tell your friends, give us a, uh, give us a subscribe as well. Uh, thanks for listening and goodbye. Cheers, guys.